G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 18th of July, 2023. Come on, cunt. How are ya? You doing good? I don't have a tea this week, man. Listen to my voice. I'm all fucked up. I am a naughty little sailor, is what I am. I fucking, man, I bought a pack of darts, a pouch... Two weeks ago when I got to Greece And I've nearly finished it And that is Really an all-time speed record for me <clears throat> Also my boy Todd Just stepped on a fucking sea urchin in the ocean <laughs> The day before the wedding <laughs> God, I hope he's okay um, What a week, man What a goddamn week A partying I'm sorry the pod is late again. It's going to be late, I think, this week. And you know what? Next week should be back to hopefully normal scheduling. But, um, oh, yeah, I'm really – I've taken some time off for the first time, like I've been saying, in, you know, maybe my adult life. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? I met someone – here in Ikaria, I'm in Ikaria. I'm the wedding's tomorrow, dude. The wedding's fucking tomorrow. Um, I'm here and, uh, yeah, I met someone at a, a little bar thing on Sunday night. And um, she's just like this girl from Sydney and she quit her corporate job. And um, she's traveling and she, just, she said she's, um, she's not doing anything. It really blew my mind. She was like, I'm not, I don't have a job. I don't have a plan. I'm not looking for a job or a plan. And I'm not doing anything to, she's like, I'm not making any decisions. I'm not making a decision about what I'm doing. Because I immediately was like, oh, that's sick. You know, by September, October, you'll probably feel like I started to kind of put a plan. And she was like, yeah. Maybe, I don't know, I'm not making any decisions. I'm not thinking about it. And I was like, fuck, man. That is wild, isn't it? Because as soon as I'm in a moment and I'm, you know, whatever, immediately my mind just goes to like, okay, what's the plan? What am I doing? What am I trying to do here? What's the goal? What's the end point of this to like when I'm going to be, you know, at the desired achieved point in the future? And it's just, it's a way of like taking yourself out of the moment and just being whatever, being not here. You start thinking about the future, you just, you're not where you are right now. So yeah, I guess that's her way of trying to do that. I mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah. But I, there's so much about being on holiday is just like, <clears throat> it's going and a lot of the conversations I'm having with people is just like, why can't it be like this all the time? You know, why am I not just happy? Why am I, you know, in this fucking rat race? In this like, you got to make money. You got to do this with your career and do all this fucking stuff and whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't want to do that. I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want out of my life. Even stand up. I'm like, yeah, it's fun. I mean, look, I've... I've the last week or so I've been working on my new show and I'm really enjoying it. You know what? I got a new blurb. Here's the new blurb. You guys are coming with me on the journey of the creative process. Um, 
Here's the new... You know what? I'll just... I'll even just pitch you the show because I think I've got the pitch for it now. It's called Panic Attack and E-Flat. And uh, it's about... I had a panic attack a few months ago on the train. And when I grew up, I was... I used to... I grew up playing classical piano and I've always wanted to mix classical piano with stand-up. So I thought I would uh, tell the story of this panic attack and in the intervals... At like certain intervals, I will play parts of Chopin's Nocturne in E flat major. That's the pitch. Oh, here's the. <clears throat> that's the conversational pitch. Here's the forty-one words I've got it down to. Panic attack in E flat. Recently, I had a panic attack on the train. I grew up playing classical piano and have always wanted to combine it with stand-up. So I'm telling this story with interludes of Chopin's E flat Nocturne. It's gonna be sick. I like that last line. It's going to be sick. I was playing with maybe the last line could be like Tim mentioned, but good, <laughs> you know, because he's a fucking whatever, insert negative word there. But um, I feel like that'd be a bit cheeky. And I just keep thinking like if he ever heard that, which I'm sure he probably would, you know, comedy is not a big world. And then like came to the show or something like I, I liked Tim mentioned and, as much as it's funny to shit on him because, I don't know, he's, I thought of maybe like Tim Minchin with shoes, but I just don't want to trade off someone else's name. I can do, I can stand on my own two feet. So uh, it's going to be sick, I think, really is very much me. And I guess I'm trying to capture the juxtaposition between the seriousness and earnestness of playing piano and also of my storytelling and my comedy with the playfulness and kind of like um, just like a bit of, you know, the fact that I'm kind of a grub and a grommet and a bit of a scumbag. I want to capture that energy in the blurb as well. So I think it's going to be sick captures a little bit of that because that's just the way that I talk and that's it doesn't necessarily make you think of someone who's going to play Chopin's Nocturne in E-flat major, but you know what, cunt? I fucking am going to play that shit. And I want to swear... And I want to tell you about my feelings as well. It's all there. I had a great conversation with a dude uh, last night who I've just met since being up here through the wedding party and whatever. We just had the best conversation about therapy and I fucking love meeting a dude who goes to therapy and is sorting his shit out and thinking about emotions and saying stuff and I fucking love it, man. It's great. This week... This week, this week has been full of surprises. <laughs> I just feel so alive when I'm out here in Europe. <clears throat> My mom just messaged me. There's wildfires in Greece, in Athens. Shit's fucking, the shit's burning, man. What the fuck are we doing? Anyway, Tuesday last week, I went to uh, Chalkida or Chalkis. Is the anglicized version of it. Dude, I fucking won my league in Duolingo. Duolingo, I'm going to be a massive proponent of Duolingo now. I think it's so fucking sick. And you know what the best thing is? They use... I don't know if this is common knowledge or maybe this is just thing that I care about and think about. The way that pokey machines, pokey machines, pokey machines, the pokies, whatever people call it. I said pokies the other day and someone was like, huh? I was like, what do you mean? You know what the fucking pokies are. Pokies use these sounds and these kind of constant reinforcements 
to give you little bits of endorphin to keep you hooked so that you keep losing money. And they've got it down to such a... It's so insidious. It's fucking... It, pokey machines are the embodiment of pure evil. They are fucking evil. It's just a thing that's made so that you sit there and just constantly lose money. You just plug into this thing and your brain just soaks in the mild endorphins of this fucking game. Oh my God, it's it's horrific. I fucking hate it so much more than anything in the world, I think, Pokemon Machines. And the technology that they use. I read this Guardian article that broke down exactly the ways that they don't make you lose all your money at once. They want you to steadily lose money with small wins so you feel like you're winning. Even to the point where they play the song for Hey, You've Just Won when, say, you did a $1 spin and you won 78 cents. You still lost money, but the song that you, Hey, You Just Won Something plays because you won a bit of money but not even as much as you just bet. So in your mind, your brain, your lizard brain thinks that you've won, but actually you've lost. That kind of shit. So that you keep feeling like, hey, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. But the whole time you're just steadily losing money. Oh my God. It makes me fucking shudder to think about the way those things work and what they fucking do to people. And the, oh my, ah! the way the fucking pokey lobby is fucking in the pockets of the government of new south wales especially and australia as a whole so they just give them heaps of money so they can continue to just suck money out of vulnerable oh my fuck shut the fuck up aiden so anyway <laughs> duolingo uses that technology but instead of, i mean look they still try and get money out of you <clears throat> but i'm not going to give them money because i'm not a fucking chump but i uh I really like how they use that to keep you, to gamify the experience of learning a language. Oh. And I'm learning words. I'm learning about Greek. You know, I can read all of the characters now and pretty much all of the character combinations and, and voice them, which is amazing. And I know a bunch of words. And like, it, it makes you, it puts you in leagues. There's like 30 people in each league. And if you get in the top 10 or 7 or 5 or whatever each week, you get promoted to the next league. And if you get in the bottom, you get demoted. And the way you get points is by completing lessons. And I'm fucking completing lessons, man. I'm doing it every day. My streak. I've got like a 22-day streak going on. I haven't done it today yet. You know? But it's like, it's fucking sick. You know what? I'll chuck it on now. I'll do, I'll start a lesson now so you can hear the sounds. Listen to how like the pokies this is. All right, where's my phone? Okay, okay, okay. Opagos. Listen to that. Bading the carrot, please. Tokaroto parakalo. Yeah, I know what it is. All right. Tokaroto ine megalo. The carrot is big. The carrot is big. Ya is hello. Fagito is food. Caroto is carrot. And birra is beer. But then, I want to finish this lesson. To, caroto, ine, ine, ineros. The carrot is pink. Hey, five. And it's like, and then it goes, it goes, hey, you got five in a row. 
and a little fucking guy comes up. It's constant reinforcement. Carmen to Caroto, Carmen the carrot. Uh, yes, the ice is ne o pagos. Yes, pagos, ice, pita, pie, vipno, dinner, patata, potato, ne toros caroto. Yes, the pink carrot. I'm halfway through. O pagos keto nero, the ice and the water. You can't miss. I've got 10 in a row now. A little bird comes up and he goes, you can't miss. Opagos keto caroto, the ice and the caroto, carrot. Opagos ine vikosmas. That means uh, the ice is your own. The ice is ours, damn it. I still didn't get it wrong. I'm just, you know, I'm saying that just for you guys. This is like, you know what this, you know what I'm doing? This is like when you just, you, your friend comes around your house when you're a kid and you just want to play a computer game, even though they're there. So you pretend like they're playing as well. <laughs> but actually, you just want to play the game. So, but you're like, yeah, man, look what we're doing. How good's that? We're doing it. But it's like, you guys aren't involved with this. I'm just fucking, I just, I want to show you because I want you to be involved. But like, this is fake. Anyway, we're almost, we're almost there, guys. <laughs> the ice and the water. Opagos quieto nero. Yes, the ice. Yes, the pink carrot. Ne to ros caroto. Oh, uh, the ice is pink. Oh, I said this ice is pink. That's your guys' fault that I got that wrong. I just lost one of my five fucking lives. For fuck's sake. You guys should just go fucking... Go, go to the toilet for a bit. <laughs> they are eating their carrot. Okay, okay. Trone. To. Caroto. I reckon it's just trone to caroto. Troneto caroto tus. Oh, fucking, I lost another life. Okay, the. Uh, it's it's now you go back and fix your errors. Topagos ineros. The ice is pink. Focus, Aiden, focus. They are eating their. They are eating their carrot. Oh, it's their carrot. Okay. Troneto caroto tus. Yeah, it is. It is. Troneto caroto tus. Because it's their carrot. Come on. See that? There. And then it's like listening star. You practice listening seven times. Three minutes 50. Quick. That's actually not that quick. Good. 89% accuracy. That's fucking shit. All right? And that's your guys' fault. And then it shows you an ad. A little five-second ad. Do-do. You know? And then you get daily. And here's the thing, right? If you do one lesson a day, you get your streak. So you, you keep your streak. But there's also daily quests. So there's earn 50 XP. So for that, I earned 14. Spend 15 minutes learning. So that's three minutes. And listen to 12 exercises. I listen to seven. So I'd probably have to do another three or four lessons to finish all the daily quests. And then you get a bunch more XP. But my day streak went up to 24. So, so I already got one little thing. But now it's like, oh, you could get another little thing as well. 
So it makes you learn more. And then the lessons are grouped. Fuck, man. I'm, I'm not even in the top 10 of my league this week. The lessons are grouped in groups of like nine or seven or five. And if you get to the end of one of those groups, then you get a little bonus. And it's normally double XP bonus, which means you get double the amount of points for 15 minutes, for the next 15 minutes. So it makes you go for another 15 minutes. See how smart it is? It's always giving you little things to keep you going and keep you learning. And that's Poke Machine shit. But instead of Poke Machines, it's fucking, it's learning Greek. Anyway, you get it. So I was in Halkira. <laughs> you know, on the pod, like whenever I do little things like that, I'm like, is this interesting to people? Can you guys tell me? Give me, give me feedback, man. I know people have said last week was a great pod. I enjoyed doing it. Did you enjoy when I just did that, that, that fucking lesson on the pod just then? Or was it annoying? <sighs> I went to Khalkhida and uh, I had a lovely dinner. I walked around there. Man, there was a sign sprayed on the wall in Khalkhida. It just said, it said like tourists, like not welcome i think it's a tourist not welcome and i was like i'm a fucking tourist do you know how many people think that i'm arabic or greek here because of the beard man i'm loving the beard i actually just got a haircut then she shaved my head this brazilian lady shaved the head down to the down to the scalp and then did my beard fuck i can't wait for the wedding tomorrow um but yeah in Khalkhida, I was like, I wonder if I look local enough that people won't fuck with me until I open my mouth. But like, there was all kids running around and I was, you know, it's just like some locals town. And I was like, man, obviously there's this thing on the wall, like it's sprayed, but it's like, whatever, it's still there. It says tourists not welcome. I was like, I wonder if I'm really not welcome here. It was weird. It's like, it's a weird thing to see. It's kind of confronting. Um... I had a moment at the flea market in Athens last week or some shit. I can't remember when I was just standing looking at some rings and some jewelry and stuff. And these two guys were speaking what sounded like Arabic and they were speaking kind of near me. And then they kept moving closer and closer and closer and speaking like kind of half to me, but still each other. And they got real close. And I was like, are these guys about to try and fucking rob me or something? Like I just felt my phone. I didn't move. Because I'm an idiot, I guess. So I've got, you know, the ego. I was just like, I'm not fucking backing down. If these guys want to be like, whatever. I'm just going to stand my ground. You got to fight me, cunt. <laughs> I don't know. It didn't, it felt a little bit like Larry or something. As they got closer and closer and they were talking louder. And eventually they were just, and I was just looking still forward. Just like looking at the rings. I didn't even really look at them. Until they got right next to me and they were speaking Arabic. And they said something. I can't remember what it was that just like made me go like, oh, they're definitely talking about slash to me. And I realized, oh, they think I'm Arabic and they're speaking Arabic waiting for me to reply to them. So I just turned and I was like, Colombian. <laughs> they were like, ah, okay. The, the beard, they started speaking English and they were like, the beard. I was like, yeah, the beard. Fucking, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not one of you guys. So like... I guess that's my discount gone if I was going to buy one of these rings. 
It's sick though. It feels cool. It made me do this Duolingo thing. It makes me want to learn Arabic maybe because it's like it makes learning a language so much more approachable because you learn from absolute basic first principles. I've no zero Greek before this. I know I go I know Stavro, which means big dick Steve. Because a dude I knew in high school made us sing that song one time and then told us what it meant afterwards. I know busti, which is like a derogatory term for gay person. I probably shouldn't say that, but that's the word. I know I know dilere, which means like come on, dile, and then re is just like man or bro or whatever. What else do I know? Yasu. Oh no, yasu is come on and dile. I think dile is come here. And what else do I know? That's about it. Mechalo is obviously big. Mikro is small. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the letters when I started. And I'm like, if I can learn Greek, I can learn fucking Arabic too, man. How cool would that be? This is the kind of shit that I've always fantasized about. Like if I didn't do stand up, just moving to a new place and living there and learning the language and just being in that community or whatever. That'd be cool as hell. I reckon... I wonder if I could ever... I remember listening to an Irish Afir podcast years ago where this guy, I guess he had a job where he could just work remotely and he would just rent a flat in a place for four months and just live there for four months. Maybe that's what I want to do in Colombia. Like maybe I... I've been thinking about this documentary that is just an idea at the moment but like i want to go to colombia and meet my family but maybe i don't just want to go there for a little bit maybe i want to go there and live there for like four months rent a flat have one guy or maybe two guys come out with me and uh and shoot i don't know i don't exactly know what how the documentary would work but like maybe go out there and live there for three four months really brush up on my spanish and just have that experience of like living there and and hanging out with my family and whatever i don't know i just would love to go and live somewhere and like this month like i haven't done stand-up since the second of july i've not done stand-up for like two and a half weeks which other than covid which is a whole different thing this is the longest i've ever gone without doing a gig and uh i don't hate it I really don't hate it. I mean, I'm thinking about the show and I'm writing the show and I'm really excited about the show. But like at the moment, I don't need to go on stage all the time. I'm just kind of living and like I'm letting it go and trusting that it'll come back. And if I went to Colombia and lived there for three or four months, I probably wouldn't do stand-up. Or maybe, maybe at the end of the time there, I would try and do stand up in spanish maybe that'd be the way to go that'd be like the goal and tell my story in spanish yeah i don't know fuck that would be kind of cool that's always been a dream of mine to do stand up in spanish fuck i'm just coming up with this idea right now would i go to colombia hang out with my biological family speak spanish for that whole time study practice build on what i already have and at the end of that time, do a stand-up comedy set show in Spanish there. Do like an hour, tell my story. And um, 
Yeah, fuck. That could be it. I want to try and get some funding from the Australian government to make this thing. That's the idea. That's the goal. This is a long-term goal. Fuck, I think I could do that, man. Because, like, I don't need to go on stage all the time. I know how to be on stage and I, you know, tell a story. I mean, this show that I'm writing right now, a part of where my head is at with it is I just want to... I'm not... The way that I wrote the last show and the last couple shows, like, it's just been, like, what bits am I doing at the moment? Let me just do those bits and then try and thread them together with a story. And that's great for doing stand-up and it's given me some strong bits for stand-up, for, like, club stand-up. But even this year's show, I think a flaw of the show is that I just didn't have the story. There wasn't a story. The pitch of the show is like I quit drinking. But ultimately the show has been more about, I guess, quitting drinking, but also just how do I deal with difficult situations in my life and my difficult situation specifically is having never met my biological father growing up. And it starts to really veer away from the idea of quitting drinking. And I think if I'd written a show where I told the story of how I quit drinking in a bit more of a kind of clear, direct way, and worried less about the jokes, it might have been a better, just a more coherent show. Still felt like I was trying to put a square peg in a round hole with all the stories in this show. And so with this new show and the panic attack story, I'm just telling some stories to give context to the moment of me having a panic attack on the train, which was kind of about the breakup and about the idea that I want to have children with someone and be in a relationship that's strong enough to to have that happen and the fact that I thought the relationship that I was in was that but it turns out that it wasn't and the insecurities that that brought up around me being in my 30s now and not having enough money to support children if I ever wanted them and you know the breakup bringing up these ideas of like what woman is ever going to want to do that with me if I don't have any money and any potential to earn and that was what the panic attack was about. And so the three stories that I'm telling, spending Christmas with my cousin and his kids, getting my dad to adopt me, taking out a loan, working hard to move to the UK, second story. Third story, the breakup and the story around the breakup and everything that that brought up. All of those three stories and all of that information then leading to the point of the panic attack having the panic attack, having people understand why because of all of those stories and then the final playing of the whole nocturne and then the last story I think is going to be about me shaving my head and uh, I'm going to have some kind of joke about how like my new business and my way to try and make money is to share my skill of telling stories and writing jokes with people in the corporate world and charging them money for it and then I'll go, here's a story about me shaving my head. Here's how I put it together. Did you like that? Great. That'll be $200. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you very much. That's the end of the show, I think. Um, but in writing this show, I'm going to worry a lot less about the jokes because I'm just going to – I'm writing it in my notebook now. I'm writing it out beat by beat, the story. And 
I'm just going to focus when I get to Edinburgh on telling the story. And I think the jokes will just grow out of the story. But I'm going to worry a lot less. Like, I think a lot of the way that I am on stage and even my best shows, I have these moments in the show where I'm like, oh, man, there's no jokes here. It's not funny enough. People aren't paying attention. And I kind of, I think I'm just going to be like, you know what? It's not funny. It doesn't need to be funny. It'll be funny. Eventually, it just will be funny. And like... I'll think of jokes and the stories will eventually have jokes, but I'm going to worry a lot less about that because whenever I have those shows where I'm like, it's not funny enough, people love those shows. No one else ever says it's not funny enough. I'm the only person who ever says that. And I think that's my own insecurity of just going, I'm not good enough. This isn't good enough. This isn't whatever. People never say it's not funny enough. People always say, Aiden, you're an amazing storyteller. So let me lean into that. This year I'm leaning into that. I'm not trying to be funny because I know I just will be funny. So anyway, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is if I do that and if this show is really a good example of that, one, maybe I can tour with this show. Being in Reykjavik and seeing the Disney and drag guys and seeing the way they've toured their one show for four years has made me go, you know what? I've got this show about meeting my biological dad that I've already written. I want to try and tour that more extensively. You know what? Fuck everything I've been saying for the last year <laughs> about trying to be in Melbourne and commit to Melbourne. I don't know. I think I want to tour the show. I think I want to try this year... God, this feels so scary to say because this goes against everything I've been saying for the last however fucking long. But maybe I want to try and find a bunch of fringes that I've never been to and go, hey, I'm going to come here and I'm going to do my show about meeting my biological dad, a show that has sold well, that has already had a good record at fringe festivals and, and comedy festivals. I'll take it to a bunch of places that I've never been before and I'll just do it. Like John Bennett does with Pretending Things Are a Cock. One of the fucking best storytelling shows I've ever seen. He's been touring that show for 10 years. Because every time he goes to a place that he's never been before, he knows there's a bunch of people who are going to want to see this show because it's a great show and it's a strong pitch and all that stuff. I have that with, with my show about meeting my biological dad. So I'm going to go to those places and I'm going to tour that. Meanwhile, I'm going to be working on this new show, Heart Attack in B a Panic Attack in B-flat. Maybe I should call it Heart Attack in B-flat. Nah, panic attack. It's not a heart attack. Panic attack in B-flat. And uh, I'm going to be working on that and working that up. And I think this show is going to be another great show. I think it's going to be a really good show that is going to be a good product. So then if I do well at some of these fringes, I'll take Taco to them. And then if I do well at them, if I find that there's an audience there, I'll take the new show there the year after and while I'm doing that that'll give me the time to pitch this fucking project to go to Colombia and live there for three or four months and learn enough Spanish to write a show in Spanish about who knows fuck fuck man <clears throat> is that my five-year goal? And at some point along the way, meet someone and fall in love with them and, and have a relationship. <laughs> How the fuck 
does that work? Oh, God. And you know what? Man, being in Ikaria, I can't even believe I haven't talked about the wedding. My, my best friend's getting married tomorrow. And it's going to be incredible, you know? I can't wait. I've got my speech. I've practiced it. I hope that this has been loud enough the whole time. Hey, yo, 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 yo. I should have tested the fucking microphone. Anyway, whatever. Um, he's getting married tomorrow. And uh, I'll tell you the truth, like coming here to this island and checking into the hotel room that I booked for me and my girlfriend that we were supposed to be here together sucked you know it's been hard because i i thought that i'd found a person who was down to you know build something with me like i've been thinking about marriage and what it is and a wedding and you know for the speech and everything and um i've been thinking about that quote from uh goodwill hunting when Robin Williams says about he's remembering his wife and he says the great thing about a marriage one of the great things is that you get to bu- you build this thing this world with another person and it's your own private world just the two of you and then you get to choose who you let into that world and what you show them and what you don't show them and that that's kind of what a, a wedding is is two people who have built something together and they choose all the people who they want to bring into that world and in one special day they share it with all the people that they care about <coughs> and i thought that i'd found the person who i was going to build a world with i really did i was so sure i was so confident that we were in that together and that we had made that commitment to each other to at least, you know, for a period, work on it and try and build a foundation. And at some point, she changed her mind. And, you know, it just fucking, it really hurts. And it still hurts. I'm still dealing with it and going through it. And coming here has really just driven that home. Like, dude, the the receptionist at the hotel... She's really cool and there's been a bit of a mix-up where I had to change rooms and now I'm changing rooms again today and it was annoying but she was so cool. She gave me an alcohol-free beer and then I told her I was going to the Panagria last night. There's this party, the pan- Panig- uh, sorry, Panihiri, not Panagria, Panihiri, uh, the party in Aretusa, which is the village where my friend's dad is from. We saw the house where he was born and grew up. Real, real fucking stuff you know real family shit and um they have the party for the village's name day it's up in the mountains in the in the village it's a tiny sorry it's up in the mountains in the island it's a tiny village and uh last night there were apparently like three thousand people there and it was huge we were dancing all night it was great and the lady from the reception from the hostel she was there because that's near her village and she knows the family that my friend is a part of and whatever and I said that to her and then I saw her at the uh, thingo, at the Panihiri and she was like, oh, your girlfriend's coming tomorrow. And immediately I was just like, oh, and she saw and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Don't want, no, 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 no. Don't even worry. Don't even worry. I was like, yeah, thanks, man. You know, just little moments like that. Uh, and it just fucking sucks. And like Sunday night, we were out 
and I was kind of feeling like I was a bit by myself. Maybe I was, I don't know, was I tired or maybe the environment wasn't quite right. There were people playing music and I guess they would... I, they had organized this thing and then we all just kind of gate crashed it and then we were talking really loud and they kept shushing us. It was just a bad vibe. They kept telling us to be quiet, stop talking. I was like, what the fuck do you want? It's a party, isn't it? I don't know. So um, that put me in a weird space and then I just didn't feel like I was there. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, I felt like I was a bit on the outside on Sunday night. I was feeling down and so I went early and I went back to the room and then I was just like oh fucking that feeling and my girlfriend and all of that and I think I've been trying to avoid it the whole trip um and distract myself from it and you know sometimes it's nice to distract yourself but sometimes it's nice to not distract yourself so Sunday night I just lay in the room I went to sleep I went to bed I maybe this is too much information. I often jerk off before I go to sleep. And I think that's a little distraction as well. And I've been fucking... Man, I've been watching heaps of porn. And I don't like it. I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't like the feeling that I engage with when I watch porn. It's, it feels it's like a, a real shameful feeling. And I think that feeling is a distraction from... You know, the sadness that I feel. And I just was like, I'm not fucking doing that, man. I don't want to do it. And um, so I didn't do that. And I just stayed there and, and sat with my feelings. And I was like, I feel sad. I feel sad. I miss my girlfriend. I, I wish that that had worked out. I wish that that had been different. And that it had been, you know, to the plan that I wanted. And it's not. And I'm here now. And I'm just confronting that. And I woke up yesterday late. <laughs> And I just had the best fucking day. And I think a part of it is down to the fact that I confronted that. Anyway, I don't really know what the fuck I'm talking about anymore. I guess I want that and I want that with someone. And I've been thinking about how I'm going to get that. But you know what? I'm not going to... I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't know what my plan is for the future. And I don't need to make a decision right now. But I would love to go to Colombia and learn Spanish and do a show in Spanish. And that's never felt more real than it has in this time talking to you guys right now and just coming up with that plan on the fly. I don't know if it's a plan. I don't know if I'm going to tour the world next year with my old show. I don't know if my new show is going to be good. I don't know anything. I don't know anything is the title of the podcast this week. I don't know anything. All I know is that I'm in Nicaria right now. The photo for this week is going to be me sitting at lunch yesterday, taken by a couple, uh, one of my friends, sitting at lunch with two dear friends, and we had an amazing lunch, and then we went swimming. It was a beautiful day, and then I napped for like three hours. That's going to be the photo, the title of the pod. It's I don't know anything. By the way, I will be making a Patreon soon, and at the request of one of the listeners... I want you guys to know that if you don't sign up to the Patreon, I will kill myself. <laughs> uh, you'll remember that joke? <laughs> Bye.
fuck, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's a real fun. He was like, man, you cut my favorite joke out of the podcast. How dare you? I was like, I'll put it back in, man. So yeah, if you guys don't sign up to the Patreon when I finally release it, whenever the fuck that's going to happen, if you don't do it, I'm going to fucking take the little amount of money that I have and go to the bank and get them to give it to me in five cent pieces and then I'm going to put it in a giant sack and I'm going to lay underneath it and I'm going to drop it from height so that it lands on my face and crushes me. You got that? Unless I get, what's my goal? I don't know, 200 bucks a month by the end of the year. All right. If you, if you don't want me to die by coin, you will sign up to the Patreon whenever I get around to putting that up. Um, what was I saying? I don't know. I don't know anything. All I know, all I know is that I'm in Ikaria right now in a hotel room that I was meant to be sharing with my girlfriend. But instead, I'm here by myself, surrounded by people I love, friends, old friends, new friends, and uh, one of my oldest and best friends in the world who is about to marry the woman he loves tomorrow. And uh, I'm here enjoying it. And what the fuck else is there really than that? So thank you guys very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you're doing good wherever you're at right now. Right now. Look around you. Where are you? Take a breath. Take three and be grateful. It's been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.